I used to think that being bored meant having nothing to do. So if I had things to do when I was bored, it meant that I was being irresponsible or lazy. But boredom is a sign of something else, what I call getting to the end of an energy road. You want something different in life and the energy you're using to empower your life is simply not working for you. It's not expanded enough. It's not high vibe enough. You're bored when you need a new vibe. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul-congruent, mind-expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. Have you been bored lately, feeling out of sorts, unmotivated, and maybe even a little stuck? Do you have a lot of things to do, but don't feel like doing any of them? I used to think that being bored meant having nothing to do. So if I had things to do and I was bored, it meant that I was being lazy or irresponsible. But that's not what boredom means. It's a sign that there is an energetic misalignment between the life we are on and new paths, opportunities, and potentials that our soul is trying to open our awareness to. Boredom is a tug of war between the mind and the spirit, an invitation to find another way to be instead of finding something else to do. Our needs change over time, and we feel stuck and frustrated because the energy that's creating the path we're on is not giving us the results we want. The energy we have used to create our current reality will only fuel that reality. If we want to create something else, we need to find a different energy source and use different energy. We've been taught that boredom is a sign of laziness or lack of motivation. But I think that boredom is one way our soul shows us that it's time to expand and stretch our awareness and let new things become possible for our life. To do that, we have to bring in the energy that will empower a new reality, to break our own rules about who we are, who we can be, what we're capable of, and what we can be aligned with. When we're bored, we have to resist the temptation to do something and let our boredom clue us into what is no longer satisfying or fulfilling us. When we're bored, we think that something's wrong with us, because we think that busy, productive people are never bored with what they're doing. But we all get bored with our life circumstances at some point, and then try to convince ourselves that we should be happy with whatever's in front of us and make the best of it, no matter how we really feel about it. The relationship that doesn't work is, after all, better than no relationship at all. 
the job that we dread going to every day is better than being unemployed. The life routine we have is fulfilling some purpose, even if we get up every day wondering whether this is all there is to life and living. We have been taught to be grateful for what we have, and wanting something else implies that we are ungrateful. Not only is that untrue, it's unrealistic. Can you think of anything that would make you consistently happy every day for the rest of your life that you would never want to change? Wanting something else or something different doesn't make you ungrateful at all. It just means that you've outgrown your current reality and its circumstances. You've run out of energy road. It isn't a sign of ingratitude, selfishness, incompetence, or even a lack of appreciation to look at our life and decide that we aren't happy with it. It doesn't satisfy or fulfill us, or it's boring. Our next step is important. Do we decide we could have done better? That everything we have done until this moment is wrong? We don't have what it takes to make changes? Or we've been misguided or misled in chasing a path of fulfillment that turned out to be not very fulfilling? Or do we recognize boredom as a sign that we have run out of energy road on that path and it's time to change the direction, meaning, and purpose of our life? Remember that energy powers the path we're currently on and to empower a new path in a fulfilling way, we have to find a new energy source. Otherwise, we're trying to create change without changing anything. And recognizing when we're bored is the first step on that journey, because this acknowledges that we're also ready to open ourselves to new potentials. We don't have to know why we're bored. It's enough to acknowledge that we aren't happy, which is our next step. When we try to pretend we're happy when we really are not, we are trying to convince ourselves that we are fulfilled when that isn't true. So we're telling ourselves little white lies and ignoring the truth of what is right in front of us. We don't like our life. And that's a good thing to be able to do because once we realize that we aren't happy, we can take steps to moving towards new, more fulfilling, joyful and joy-filled paths. Recognizing boredom requires honesty and courage. So take a good look at your life and see what you aren't happy with and make a list. Then, with that list in front of you, ask yourself what you want to change. More importantly, what are you ready to change? Be sure to consider whether you are willing to change, are ready for it, and are prepared to do what is necessary to allow it. This is the integration piece, which is an important part of any change and certainly any kind of manifestation. It's one thing to align with something new. It's another thing to integrate it, which means bringing it into your life. One of the ways I describe integration is the example that I've used so often. Say that you decide you want a pony or you want a horse and you read up about horses, you read about horse care, you read about what it means to own a horse, you start thinking about it, you start setting your intention for it. 
And then one day your doorbell rings and you open the door and somebody says, congratulations, you're the new owner of this horse. And there is a horse standing on your front porch. Now your first thought might be, oh, great, my manifestation really worked. Your second thought would probably be, what the heck am I going to do with the horse? I have to have a place to keep it. I have to feed it. I have to exercise it. It needs to go to the vet. I have to learn how to take care of it. I have to manage this animal and find a place for it in my life. That's integration. And it's the piece that we never think about when we think about making changes. So often I will have clients tell me, I'm ready for a new relationship. And then we talk about they're set in their ways. They have habits. They don't want to change. They don't want to make compromises about certain things because not only do they need to get aligned with having a new relationship, they need to know how to integrate that relationship into their lives. If they love going to bed late at night, maybe having a relationship means that they don't get to stay up half the night. Maybe it means that they don't get to do what they want every day of the week. They have to compromise and do what their new partner wants to do. All of this is part of integration and it's an important part of making changes. So not only do changes involve alignment, we also have to think about the integration piece. So when we are talking about making change, keep in mind that you may be aligned with change, but you also have to consider the integration into your life of the new elements that change will bring. So when we're ready to make changes, we have to do what makes us happy because we're unhappy. This next part is really important. Don't focus on what you think happens to other people, who is going to approve of your changes or not who wants or likes it, and whether you'll be understood by anyone in your life because you probably won't be and that's okay. When you tell someone in your life, I'm bored or I'm not happy or I want to change, a lot of times the response you'll get is, but your life is so great. How could you complain? I can't see what you have to complain about. And from their perspective, that's exactly right. They don't understand your changes. But that's not important. What's important is you're not happy. And while you may not want to throw everything away and start all over again, implementing small, gradual change is probably a good way to start. And you have to get ready to break some rules that dictate how you live your life and what you're capable of to step into high vibe, more fulfilling, joyful living, and bring in new energy to make those changes possible. Here are five signs that you're bored with your life and it's time to make some changes and raise the vibes to bring new energy into your life to empower new potentials. Number one, you dread doing certain things or maybe everything because it feels like it's too much work or you know you won't like the result. And maybe you're even thinking the result will be the same as it always has been, which you've always gotten. So what's the point? When life becomes habit instead of adventure, and I'm not saying that every day should be an adventure where you're going skydiving or jumping off of cliffs or going helicopter skiing. I'm talking about just the 
joy of waking up every morning and looking at your life and saying, wow, I am so glad I'm here. I love my life. Now, you might not love every day of your life. That's probably not very realistic, but you should be loving at least 90% of your life. And that can be realistic. Number two, what once made you happy doesn't bring you as much joy anymore or maybe even no joy at all. And this is an important sign of boredom, that things in your life have lost their appeal. They've lost their connection. They've lost their ability to engage you and to attract you and to make you feel like, yes, I love doing this. Yes, I'm really happy about this. And this can happen to any part of your life. It can happen to relationships. It can happen with your job. If you're an entrepreneur, it can happen with your business where once life becomes habit, things become habitual. You just look at them and go, wow, I have to do this again. Or wow, this is just not enjoyable at all. Changing everything out, throwing everything away is probably not feasible. It's probably not even practical. But making small gradual changes, shifting your perspective, taking a look at it in a different way, changing one or two things may be helpful and may be useful in changing your habits so that you feel more like you are participating in your life rather than sitting in the back seat while somebody else is driving the car. Number three, you have a hard time forcing yourself to do the things you feel you should be doing even if you keep telling yourself you should do them because they're important. Here I'm referring to obligations, responsibilities, and commitments, all the things that go with the word should. This is where you feel like you've lost your freedom. You've lost control over your life. You've lost the ability to choose what you want to do. And instead, you're responding to other people's needs. You're doing what's expected of you. You're meeting obligations or fulfilling responsibilities. So many of my coaching clients have said this to me when they have obligations that involve things like taking care of an elderly parent or taking care of family members or responding to family members' needs. Because they are family, they feel like they've lost their ability to set energy boundaries, to put restrictions on their time, to put limitations on their participation. And at the risk of offending a few people, I'm going to say this, that's wrong. It's important to set energy boundaries with everybody, including and especially your family members. One of my clients, for example, who was taking care of an elderly parent because she lived the closest and everybody else lived far away, was struggling. It was almost a 24-hour-a-day job, seven days a week, taking care of this parent. And she was literally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. So when she came to me and said, I don't know what to do, I said, well, you have a couple options. You need other people to participate. So they can either participate in person or they can help hire someone to give you some support and some assistance. Do some research, put together a calendar. You block off the time that you are not available and somebody else has to come in and take care of that family member when you aren't available. And the first thing out of her mouth was, well, they're not going to like it. I'm always the one they count on to do these things. And I said, exactly. 
So they're assuming that you are going to be there because you are the one who accepts the responsibilities, who handles the obligations, who steps forward and commits yourself to everything. You created some really bad habits. Now you need to change them. And so often in this point in particular, the energy habits that we've created with others, how we respond to them, how we allow them to manipulate us, how we allow them to use our energy is the product of many, many years of habit. And when you are spiritually, psychically, emotionally, and physically exhausted is when you step up in anger, put your foot down and say no more, rather than looking at your energy boundaries and implementing those changes over time. So when you get that false courage that comes with anger and step up, it's not as effective as setting those strong energy boundaries from the beginning. And that way you commit yourself from a place of service rather than from a place of obligation. You take on responsibilities because you know that you can fit them into your life rather than piling responsibilities onto yourself until you have absolutely no time or energy left for your own life. Number four, you find that you are missing appointments, forgetting commitments, arriving late and wanting to leave early or finding excuses to avoid doing things. This is the false courage that comes from sabotage. And I call this false courage because it's so easy to be late for something or miss an appointment or oversleep or just forget about something that you really didn't want to do in the first place. So is this an intentional thing, an intentional act? Not really, but it is sabotage. It's like your soul telling you, you don't want to do this. So somehow you miss it or you forget. And it's really a sign to you that you're overcommitted, that you are doing too much, that you are spreading yourself too thin, that you aren't using your energy boundaries properly. You are saying yes when you actually mean no. And one of the ways to avoid this and the sense of boredom it creates is to have good, strong energy boundaries, but also to know your own limits. How much time can you commit to something? And the other thing about this, this sign of boredom is that when you are overcommitted, it's because you say yes instead of no. And one of the strategies I teach my coaching clients to avoid this, rather than accepting a commitment right away, offer to think about it, telling someone, I need to look at my calendar. I need to make sure that I don't have any other commitments that will conflict with this one. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Give yourself that 24-hour cooling off period. Go look at your calendar. Go consider the options. And also make sure that you're asking them, what is the full scope of the commitment that I'm undertaking here? And give yourself 24 hours. It's really important. And then go back to them. And if you really can't do it, say, thank you for asking me. You'll have to find somebody else. And be very clear about that. You don't need to offer an explanation. You just need to know that piling obligations on yourself is not a good thing. But also when you start missing things and forgetting things and just not showing up for something because something else happens, it's your own spirit telling you, 
you don't want to do this. You're overcommitted. This is not good for you. So we're just going to sabotage this and you eventually you'll get the message. This is a sign of boredom because one of the reasons you're not fulfilling these obligations is because you are bored with them. Maybe you've been doing something for someone for a really long time and you're just getting tired of it. Or maybe you have committed yourself to something and you realize the scope of the commitment was far greater than what you were told and you just don't want to do it anymore. And it's okay to speak up at some point and say, I just can't do this anymore. You will have to find somebody else. And number five, you are ready to take off and leave it all behind. And even if you know you can't do that or you won't do that, it's something you think about. Now, this is the extreme end of boredom where you just want to turn your back on everything and walk away. And I know that's a very real feeling when you feel overwhelmed and frustrated and you feel like you're not making any progress and you're not doing anything that you want to do. This is especially true when you are fulfilling obligations, commitments, and responsibilities to a whole lot of people who don't act very grateful, who seem to ask you for more and more and give back less and less, and who never say something to you like, you know, you've done such a great job. I'll take it over from here. Why don't you go take a break? Thank you. Or who say, thank you for helping me. It's over now. You can stop. We hope that other people give us that feedback and other people recognize that we're stretched or overcommitted or we're just tired, but they don't because we're fulfilling a need in their life. And for a lot of them, they're more than happy to have someone to help them. And while it's noble and kind to be generous with others, it's also even more noble and kind to be generous and compassionate with ourselves. So this is my list of five, and maybe you can add a few to your own list, and that's okay. Boredom is just a sign that the energy you've been using to empower your life just isn't working for you because you're ready for something different. So acknowledge your boredom with gratitude and set some new goals, create a new purpose for your life, dust off a few dreams, and create a new life vibe to allow the changes you need and want to happen. To get a new life, you have to create a new vibe. You have to reach into that soul space that you tend to avoid because it's going to bring some changes and look around and see what new potentials are available to you. As I said earlier, expecting anything to be a source of lifelong joy, lifelong satisfaction or fulfillment or lifelong happiness is extremely unrealistic. Think of what used to make you happy at age two and think of what used to make you happy at age 18 and now what would make you happy. I hope that those three things are different and that's what happens in life too. It's not a sign of failure. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign that you're being irresponsible or lazy. It just means that you need a new potential. You need to expand into something different. And that is perfectly normal. It's also part of your ascension journey. Expanding into new potentials, being ready for new opportunities, increasing your self-awareness also increases your desire to explore more of yourself, explore more of your being, to become something more than you already are. 
to get a new life, you have to create a new vibe. You have to find a new source of energy, new potentials that empower bigger and more expansive dreams. You can empower change with the energy you have been using to create the life you have right now. And boredom is just a sign that you're ready to explore new avenues for your life path to live on purpose in a new purpose and expand into new potentials and possibilities. So what do you do when you get bored? Do you look for new things to do? Do you sit around and think, wow, I've been doing the wrong thing all the time, or I would be really happy right now? Or do you take it as a sign that you're ready for a new vibe? That you're ready to expand your life into new potentials? That you're ready to explore things that once upon a time would have scared you, and now they become the object of your curiosity? What is beyond that next horizon? What happens if you explore that dream? What is possible if you just expand your potential a little bit into that next level of being? What's possible for you? Your boredom is a sign that you're ready for a new vibe and that you are ready for a new perspective on yourself, your life, your potentials, and your possibilities. So go for it. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.